Hello, my name is Noelle Diane Johnson, and this is Healing Spaces, the Artists Heal podcast. Artists Heal creates healing and care spaces for collaborative art making, and here we discuss collaborative art making, elements to create healing and care spaces, and pathways that allow art makers and creativity to thrive. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're new, welcome to the podcast. If you're returning, welcome back. We've got a few announcements before we jump into today's episode. Artist Heal is going to be a part of a couple of different events um, in the Philadelphia region. One of them is virtual. Oh, both of them are virtual, actually. Um, so there's more than enough opportunity to come and join. I will be a moderator at the PAL virtual conference. Um the PAL International Summit 2021. I'm really excited to be partnering with this organization, the Parent Artist Advocacy League for Performing Arts and Media. And the International Summit this year is focusing on, um, the title is Centering Humanity. So I will be moderating a conversation with a panel of BIPOC leaders in the community. Um, This will be on Wednesday, December 1st. Um, I believe it's at 10 a.m. All the information will be in the show notes. The conference is a three-day conference from the 1st to the 3rd, and um, it's centering around action, affinity, and accountability solutions for humane and sustainable practices in the performing arts and media. Um, I'm very excited to be having a conversation with a panel of some of the most groundbreaking BIPOC leaders whose work has been responsible for not only changing and shifting the industry, developing frameworks for sustainable solutions for parent artists, creating visibility around the range of roles that caregivers take inside and outside of artistic spaces, and a group whose work is committed to creating and supporting communities through action, service, and advocacy. This group of leaders continues to develop and deepen their work based on the legacy of care and building supportive structures that it takes to care for their communities, companies, and artists that they work with. Um, This group of folks is so in alignment with the work of Artists Heal. I'm really thrilled to be sharing space with them. Um, And the conversation is going to be a really great conversation. So again, I'll put the link in the show notes, register for the conference, come and check that conversation out. Um, And the second thing that Artist Heal is doing, Artist Heal is partnering with Theater Exile, which is a theater company here in Philadelphia. Um, And I will be offering a restorative healing workshop for directors, stage managers, choreographers, and dramaturgs. Um, This workshop highlights and offers accessible and practical tools to incorporate healing as an effective device for restoration and transformative justice practice in theater and collaborative art making spaces. This program is specifically designed to support directors, stage managers, choreographers, and dramaturgs to embrace leadership within their roles and use restorative healing to build and grow community. Um, I'm really excited about this workshop. This is a custom workshop for Theater Exile. These workshops are part of a series Um, The other workshop will will be led by T.S. Hawkins, who is a phenomenal uh, leader in the industry, and it's a part of Theater Exile's 25th anniversary season. Um, The theme of the workshops is Pivot, Plan, Proceed, Activating the Arts for Creatives. 
which focuses on providing opportunities for theater professionals to sharpen their soft skills and enhance their understanding of communal accountability in the arts. Um, this is a huge, huge point, something that I'm so thrilled to be focusing on through Artist Heal and through these workshops. And participants of these workshops do receive a certificate of completion following the conclusion of the workshop. So I'm really excited to share some of the things uh, that I've developed through Artist Heal. And then obviously, um, as I mentioned, really being specific to the art form of directors, stage managers, choreographers, and dramaturgs. One of the uh, missions of Artist Heal is to really begin to expand and get folks to really step into what it means for them to be an artist. What is your definition of artist for you? Um, and understanding that allows you to really embody, <clears throat> excuse me, embody that identity and that definition of artist for yourself. So, Artist Heal is on the go. We're moving. Um, I've been a little bit quiet. I know it's been a while since I've done a, a podcast episode, but we do have a couple of events coming up. This is what's happening before the, you know, the remainder of 2021. There are opportunities to engage with Artist Heal. Um, but I'm really thrilled. So, so check it out. Again, all of the information will be in the show notes. I'm really thrilled to jump into this episode of the podcast. As I said, I know it's been a while between the holiday season, between um, working, you know, actually doing the work of Artist Heal, which is such a blessing and a wonderful thing. And uh, you may be able to hear it a little bit in my voice. I sound, I feel like I sound a lot worse than I feel at this point, but was just a little under the weather. So, but we're back. We're back at it, y'all. Um, this episode is Institutional Change Part 2, Episode 8, and I will say that this is the last episode of Season 1 of the Artist Heal Podcast. I'm so grateful. Thank you to everyone who is listening. Thank you to everyone that's listened. If you've been with me since the beginning of this podcast, I hope that you've noticed some growth and some development. Um, I started this podcast over the summer really with just an idea of like, I just want to get the information out. I just want to share the information. Um, <clears throat> I felt really called to start to just kind of speak on these things. And, you know, I haven't really gone back and listened, but I know that the practice, the strategies, the methods that I've developed have definitely grown and uh, my capacity in this role as founder and owner of this company, as someone that's doing this work, as someone that's trying to, you know, embody this work and really walk my talk. Um, over the past six months since I started this podcast in July, I know that I've grown. I know that Artist Heal has grown. The experiences that I've had in working with different theater companies and different artists through Artist Heal has definitely changed and molded. Um, what Artist Heal is, what it has to offer. So if you've been with me since the beginning and you're still listening, thank you so much for listening. There is definitely more where that came from. Um, but this will be the last episode of the 20 of season one, 2021. And we're just going to talk a little bit about, you know, institutional change and kind of wrap up what we were talking about there. Um, in the new year, you know, stay tuned, y'all. It's gonna be really exciting. Artist Heal, as I, you know, as I just mentioned, Artist Heal is growing. The community is growing. Um, 
things are really beginning to develop and there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Again, if you've been with me for a little while, um, you've seen things grow and shift and change and there's always something going on, even if there's not so much output. Sometimes, you know, if you're an artist out there listening, you know that sometimes you, you really have to have that input to be able to put output. An artist that I'm working with right now said that so eloquently just recently. Um, so yeah, institutional change. Last episode, we talked about, you know, really creating a kink in the machine. Um, we had an episode on self and selfhood, which is the first pillar of the artist heal method. Um, and really discussing how self and selfhood, there's, you know, the micro, which is self, but then there's the macro. So how do you look at kind of self or how do you look internally within an institution? <laughs> Excuse me. And what does it look like when the institutional change begins to happen? So that's, you know, really where Artist Heal is right now in the work that we're doing. Um, it's been this big question, I think, for me as, you know, a leader, as someone who's trying to do this work and be in the community uh, to be in the industry, specifically in Philadelphia, the huge question for me was, you know, how do I implement this work? How do I do this work? And as things continue to develop, I think that uh, the strategies and the, and the methods are starting to work, right? So, you know, I'm going into spaces, I'm working with different companies, I'm working with different artists who are passionate. And, and I just have to say, Philadelphia you know, hands down, some of the most beautiful, talented, um, gracious, amazing artists that I've really ever, ever worked with. It's such an honor to be a part of this community. It's such an honor to be brought into these different theater companies and into these different communities. Over the past six months of really, since live entertainment has been, be has been back, since live performance has been back, and I've had the opportunity to actually do the practical work in the art form of live performance and the art form of theater and do the work of artists heal to do the equity, diversity, and inclusion, to do the anti-racism, to do the healing, the healing and the care work for these artists, restorative justice, transformative justice. It has been so powerful and it is so important to me. Um, and it's a huge reason why Artist Heal is structured the way that it is. And there is definitely more to come in 2022. You will start to see more of an outward facing um, reflection of this. But this is, this is about community. This is about community. The work that Artist Heal is doing cannot be done isolated. It cannot be done alone. It cannot be done with just me going into these spaces and doing this work. It really does rely on the expertise and the talent and the graciousness and the openness and the willingness of artists and institutions to allow this work to do what it does. So just a little bit, again, the love letter to Philadelphia is, is never ending. Um, but as I was saying, you know, I've, I, at first the question was, you know, what do we do? How do we create the institutional change? How do we get the, how do we create the kink in the machine to pause things, to get folks to notice, 
to um, <clears throat> create a situation or an environment in which the progress is welcomed into the space. And I'm really thrilled and really proud, I have to say, that I think that that has happened. A lot of it does come from the self and selfhood. Um, a lot of it does come from the strategies, uh, the strategies and the methods and the development. But again, it's about the community. So the question now is when it comes to institutional change, and I think this is where part two is coming in is, you know, what is it that you do now when you're in a space? You've started to create the institutional change. People are paying attention. What do you do with all these questions, right? What do you do when there's a kink in the machine, when there's a halt in production, when there's a halt within the institution, when you do start to operate in a different way? And the thing that's been happening for, you know, days, months, years, decades, centuries, no longer is no longer works, right? It no longer works. Folks are on board with the fact that it no longer works, but there's still a job to be done. So what happens? Um, and this is one of the reasons why Artist Heal is named the way that it's named and why healing is such an important part of this work. Healing is the key. Healing for me, again, and I, and I, I explain it this way, that you know, white supremacy is this uh, monster, right? It's this gargantuan thing that many, many people are attempting to dismantle. There are many different methods, many different strategies, many different ways to go about dismantling white supremacy, dismantling white body supremacy, dismantling the systems and structures in which predominantly white institutions are manipulating, controlling, and harming uh, marginalized folks in vulnerable communities. For me, Healing is the most important, and healing for me has been the most effective resource. It's been the most effective method, the most effective tool for sustainable change when it comes to eliminating white supremacy um, and creating environments that really are self liberating and offer care and allow folks to be vulnerable in artistic spaces where folks really feel that they can express themselves. So all of that being said, what I've recognized is now that there's a kink in the machine, um, I think that Artist Heal has been successful in creating that kink in the machine. A lot of artists in this, in this time, in this wave, because of the interruptions of our society, because of the interruptions that have happened over the past couple of years between the pandemic, between racial unrest, between all of the things that continue to happen day to day. Um, there has been a kink in the machine. There is an awareness, um, not, you know, across the board, but with to varying degrees, most of the people specifically in my artist community within the artist community are starting to become aware um, on a little bit of a more on a little bit more of a level than they were before. Again, this is not across the board, but I've seen an increase. Um, so yes, this is where the healing really comes into play. And this is where I really want to make a point and implement 
um, the second two pill the the second and the third pillar, which is being trauma informed and creativity, collaboration, and communion. So if you've ever heard of, you know, sometimes you have to take two steps back to be launched forward. Um, if you have a slingshot, you know, that resistance, you're being pulled back to be launched forward. So what I've recognized in a lot of this work is that awareness has come for a lot of folks and the impetus to move forward is sitting with quite a few people. But the healing work a lot of times is very still. The healing work happens in the stillness. The healing work does happen in the conversations. The healing work does happen in um, creating an environment and just allowing someone to sit and be in the vibration of that environment to do the healing that's necessary to weaken the neural pathways that create something that perpetuates white supremacy and to strengthen a neural pathway that is more holistic and whole. So what I've recognized is that, um, you know, it gets messier before it gets clean. <laughs> when you're cleaning, you know, when you're cleaning your room or you're uh, moving or you're cleaning out your closet, you know, and, and that's a perfect example, cleaning out your closet, a lot of times it has to happen in phases. Um, you know, I'm a woman of faith and I'm very open about that. And I've been feeling called and pulled to really start to eliminate some of the things, the stuff in my life. I'm feeling the need to make room for what it is that's coming next in my life, in my world. And a huge part of that has been, you know, getting rid of clothes, getting rid of shoes. A lot of that has been and a lot of that has been replaced with newer, nicer, better things. But it's not happening in one day, right? The changes, for example, that happen in your life, so this can be personal or professional, the changes that happen when you're cleaning out your closet, right? Marie, Marie Kondo was a huge thing for a long time. You're cleaning out your closet or you're making changes in your career or you're overhauling your business or you're changing things out. These things happen in phases. And what I'm beginning to realize is that I think that it's really, really important for institutions to understand when it comes to institutional change, to jump into this work and understand, go into it understanding that it's going to have to happen in phases and to not be discouraged be encouraged. If you have, if you hold power within an institution, if you are an artist and you're starting to see the change, you're starting to create change, you're having a couple wins here and there, and then you look around and you see this mess around you. You see this mess, you see things falling apart, things aren't getting done, there's anger, you know, there's frustration, these things are beginning to surface. That is a huge indicator and a huge positive um, reflection of the healing that's happening, the pain. Remember, remember, right? And this is why being trauma-informed, the second pillar of the Artist Heal Method is so important. What being trauma-informed allows us to do as artists, 
what being trauma-informed allows us to do when we're doing equity, diversity, and inclusion work, we're dismantling white supremacy, is to reframe white supremacy. Reframe this as a trauma that is that is occurring, that is happening, that we are all experiencing. So when you when you're when you're processing, when you're healing, again, within the institution, personally, professionally, when you're cleaning out your closet, a lot of times things get messier before they get clean. And I've and I've noticed in my work with institutions, a lot of times people get discouraged. They get frustrated. They don't understand. There's these roadblocks or there's these things in the way. When things begin to get messy, that's when you know that the kink in the machine has been effective. Um, and these, the second and third pillar of being trauma-informed in creativity, collaboration, and communion really does take a moment to sit. So uh, a huge, huge part of my mission with Artist Heal is to create strategies, methods, develops, develop systems and structures that directly contradict white supremacy, and to take these things from theory and being these conversations and being kind of, you know, over- you know, a lot of times in academia and when it comes to this work, people try to use big words or, you know, and it's something that I even, I'm even working on using big words and using uh, language, you know, as a, as a, almost as a weapon or as a barrier to progress. Because a lot of times it's like, well, what, what are we talking about? Right. A lot of times folks that have been doing this work for a really long time, and I notice it, in this work a lot. Folks that have been doing this work for a really long time, we will, we will, we can talk about it all day long, right? We talk about white supremacy. We talk about these things all day long. Trump being trauma-informed, um, anti-racist pedagogy and critical race theory. And, you know, we're throwing out all these things, but for a lot of people, a lot of people, this is, this is a new frontier. This is something new. So, one of my my biggest there's there's a couple things here that I really aim to do with Artist Heal is to make this work accessible to anyone, right? So say you are someone who just became aware of this within the past two years. My goal is not to isolate you or to, you know, for an institution that maybe has been going down a wrong path, or that has gone down a path that has been harmful. I won't say a wrong path. That's been going down a path that's harmful to marginalized and vulnerable folks. And they want to do a pivot. They want to make a change. They want to, you know, do a U-turn and go in a different direction to be able to meet folks where they are not to baby them, right? Not to baby folks or to placate folks, but to be able to speak to folks in a way in which there are, you know, folks feel that they can make mistakes and that if they don't have the words or the flow when it comes to talking about this work or understanding the work that they feel um, isolated or pushed out from it. And the other, the other thing that was really important to me is to take these things from coming out of theory and making them practical. So what are some practical tools? What are some practical tools, practical things that you can do? What are things that you can do in practice, action? Um, but what I'm recognizing when it comes to institutional change, there there's a phase two here. There's a phase two here and I'm really excited and this is where Artist Heal is heading. Please sign up for the newsletter. Please stay tuned for the next 
phase of what's coming through Artist Heal because one of the things that is most important when it comes to institutional change, when you're dismantling systems and structures that have been upheld for this long, is to create systems and structures that will hold folks when those things begin to fall apart right? If your complete identity has changed and shifted and you are going through a healing process and you don't have anything to put your identity or your process into, it can feel really unnerving. You can feel really lost. You can feel really frustrated. And what happens a lot of times is institutions, individuals, artists, communities end up running right back to what feels comfortable and what feels safe, quote unquote, and what has been normalized. So the goal of Artist Heal is to really create this next phase of institutional change and just understanding that this is a part of the process. Healing is a process. And that is something that Artist Heal has been very clear about from the beginning. And it's just becoming more and more clear about as we continue to go out into these communities, into the city of Philadelphia. And I'm really thrilled to say that Artist Heal is beginning to spread beyond, which has always been a goal of mine, um, really beginning to see this work happen and come to fruition. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited, y'all. I won't really say or lock in and say, oh, that's what season two is going to be about, (laughs) because who knows, you know, who knows how this thing will continue to develop. Um, But You know, I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the first episode, things are happening. Things are expanding. The goal is really to begin to build community in this way. So really keep your eyes peeled for guests uh, guests on the podcast. Keep your eyes peeled for other people to come in and really join this community and talk about this work. Um, and how it affects them and their artistic practices. And keep your eyes peeled for, you know, just more and more development of how to do this work and how you can implement this into your own artistic practice and your own life. Um, And we're going to call it, y'all. We're going to call it, y'all. This is the end of season one. If you've, again, if you've been listening the whole time, thank you so much for your ears, your love, your support. It does not, it does not go unnoticed. That is it for season one of Healing Spaces, the Artist Heal podcast. Um, More, more, more to come. Please sign up for the newsletter if you want to keep in touch with what's going on um, in the Artist Heal community. And stay tuned for for more um, as the new year, as the end of the year approaches. Definitely in the process of, um, you know, developing the next season of the workshop, adding additional programming to Artist Heal and expansion. And, of course, offering more opportunities for workshops in Philadelphia and beyond as things begin to continue, you know, to open up to us in the world. So. Um, That's it, y'all. And as always, I wish you peace and healing.